Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Father, I give you thanks. Let me pray. Father, I give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That you are not a man that you should lie. I thank you, Father, for the worship this morning. I thank you for some of the things, well, all of it, but for some of the things in particular that were said that were so on point about how it is done, as Angela was singing. It is done. Hallelujah. You have done anything and everything that's necessary for us to walk in your will, your freedom, your faith, and your grace. And I thank you, Father, as the song said, you do make a way where there's no way. That's simply part of your DNA. That's part of your job description. You love to make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. Because that shows very simply that you're God. Hallelujah. Father, you've heard my prayers earlier this week. You heard them last night. You heard them this morning. I call a spirit of faith into our people this morning. I said, I call a spirit of faith into our people this morning. By the grace of heaven and by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ on the, on the authority of your word. Hallelujah. And I ask you, Father, to communicate by your spirit some of what you're impacting my heart with so that we might rise up and take hold of who we are. Even that last song, I know who I am. And I know what you placed in me. And I'm asking Holy Spirit for you to guide every person here to truly know who they are from your perspective, that they will literally rise up and call themselves what you call them so that the exchange may take place from heaven to earth so that we will do what you want us to do in the earth. We're born for this season. We are not here by accident at this time. Nothing is accidental. Each and every one of us have been pre-planned by you to be born and be alive at this time, even to be here at this moment. May we fully understand, may we fully understand, Father, that you are so with us that we get to do what we can do so that you can do what you only can do. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for this, Father. Amen. During the week, uh, at some point, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget when, um, Actually, let me say this. I wrote this on top of my notes while, I was, while we were sitting there praising. I just heard the Lord say this, because like I said, I think I said last week, week before, I want us to really engage in praying in tongues, and please do seriously 
please join us in fasting like at least a day of the week or as much as God speaks to you about before chosen. We should do it every week anyhow, at least one day a week. I try to fast most of the day, almost at least once a day a week. But anyhow, join us in that. And the Lord gave, and I was just sitting there thinking, he said, yeah, he said, ask the people whether or not or how often they charge their phones. Do you guys charge your phones very often? Why? Why do you charge your phone? How faithful, how absolutely loyal and faithful are you to your phone? You are loyal and you are faithful to your phone. You love that phone. I mean, to be without that phone really, really upsets you. And you charge that phone, don't you? Don't you? And I heard the Lord just say this. He said, my people charge their phones, but they don't charge their spirit. He said, you know, that cord, how many of you want to charge the phone, but you don't have a wireless charger? You don't, you can't find the cable. Has anybody ran around the house trying to find the cable? You know, you, don't, you all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Just so simple. This tongues thing, see, you know, because like I said, I'm not teaching on it, but I feel like I'm going to have to teach some more because it's just so potent to what God's doing right now. The Bible says in that verse that you're building up yourself, but when you study those words out in the Greek, it literally means to charge. It's like a dynamo. To charge you up. You charge your phone every day almost, and we don't charge our spirit. I'm just saying that cord, you connect to something that has power so that the power from that comes and charges your battery of your phone. Don't you see what we're saying? God's ordained the tongues to be that thing that plugs into his power that charges your life so that you've got the ability to communicate from heaven. That was for free. Think about that. Charge yourselves up, please. You have no idea how great it'll do. Anyhow, around the first week, is Bobby, Bobby around? I don't see her. She's still around or she's teaching, whatever. She's teaching. All right. I'd, I don't know if she did or not. You remember uh, months ago, we put together just a, the beginning of a vision board as far as the church building that we're going to have in Jesus' name. I don't know if she brought it or not. It's not complete by any means. The idea of it was for people to put some ideas on that, what they would like to see within our church building. What, you know, just something, part of the vision, children's area, studio, whatsoever it may be. I think it was John, Monday or Tuesday, in a little small meeting he, Julie, and I had. He, uh, he asked me a question. He said, I forget exactly how I worded it, but basically he said this. He said, what, what's going on as far as the church building, finding a church building? Or, but he said it in such a way, he said, I mean, I don't, want to be, I don't want to sound like a negative, but I mean, I forget how you said it, John, but basically it was something like that, um, are, we, are we looking for a building? Or are we doing something about it? And it so hit me because I said, John, and this was not to correct him. It was just something. Okay, well, that's a little small. That's a small part of it. Okay. We've got a much big, our vision is much bigger than that. But it's okay. No, you can just, just lean it up against that or something. But again, like I said, it's, I don't even know if that'll stand there. It's all right. But 
But the point is, I said, John, and, I, and the Lord told me I need to communicate this to us as a church family. I, I, I really pray that you hear me this morning. I, this is why I'm really trusting the Holy Spirit. You know, being in the Word every day, it builds faith. I said it builds faith. It just does. Being in the Word every day, reading over and over again God's mighty works and how He's the one that does the miracles, it incredibly builds your faith. But what I said to John was this, I said, John, I already have the church building. I already have it, and I'm, I'm, I need to share this with you. I have it in my spirit. I mean, I'm pregnant. I have it. I don't hope so. I'm not fabricating anything. I have it. Because all the reading I've been doing over and over again, and God's taken me back to the Old Covenant, a lot. I've just finished reading the Old Testament again in the last few days. And everywhere, but everywhere, but everywhere, I saw afresh how absolutely without any shadow of doubt, it's always God's will for us to have a habitation. I said it's always God's will for God's people to have a house, their home, where his name might be. You hear me? The will of God has never changed, ever. So it is without a shadow of a doubt God's perfect will that we have our own building. Now you need to start with that. I'm praying that you will start in faith there. I need you because we, see the thing is, it can't be in my spirit alone. That's why I'm praying for truly that there might be a true spirit of faith, that you would be open to an actual spirit of faith this morning. That you might receive this same sense in your spirit that we have a church right now. We have a building now. Now, I appreciate you saying, yeah, amen, and all that, but I know it's not really there for most of you yet. But it can be, and it should be, listen, and it needs to be. It needs to be, because one can put a thousand to flight, but we, people, again, when reading the book, it is so simple. There's always only one problem. There's ever only one problem in any area, and there's ever only one solution. The problem is always unbelief or disobedience. Full stop. The solution is always belief. You see, you read over and over again all the Old Testament prophets in all the books, Moses, every. Why are we so dull of spirit to, you know, we say we believe God, but if you actually believe God, then you believe what he said is true. We really are called to live 
by the word. I mean, that's why God took him through all that stuff. He said, I want you to act, I want my people to actually and legitimately understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word to proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how you begin to live. That's the only way any of us will actually begin to be, to walk in the abundant life that Jesus Christ paid such a price for us to walk in. But I have this church in me. Like you've heard me said before, but like I said, I'm just gonna go through some things. But if I had a title of a message, it would be intent faith, that our faith would really have an intent about it right now. And I have to say this again, remember Mark 11:24. Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe, right? And again, I want you to really hear it. I, I'm, I wanna, I'm gonna keep saying it till you get it because I know it took me a while to get it. Jesus didn't say what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and figure out how to pay for it and you shall receive them. Seriously. Listen, listen. Throughout the scripture, throughout all the scripture, God's will for his people were to hear his word and believe it. And because of believing it, they simply should act upon it because in acting upon it, he said, my people will be blessed above all peoples of the earth so that the lost in the world might see and know that I am the only true God. Our job is to believe only. I don't want anybody, and of course this applies to your own life where you pray as well, but I, I'm talking corporately now for us and for this church building. It's sitting right out here on one of these streets right now. It is right now. And it's not gonna be some fly-by-night thing either. It's going to meet all of the needs and even most future needs for us. It is. Because God's that good. I said because God's that good. See, and again, I have 37 messages I could preach, but we are to have faith in his goodness. We say that so easily, but I'm telling all through scripture, it's a big deal. God was not happy when faithful didn't, when people did not believe how good he was. He said, you, you don't know how good I am. I want you to believe in how good I am. But I want you all to dare to believe that all he wants us to do is believe. Everything else that needs to happen, gets to happen, he, is, he does the impossible, we do the possible. And what is possible for every one of us is to simply say, bless God, I choose to believe what God has said. I choose to believe what God has said over what man has said. I choose to believe what God has said over what the current evidence says. I don't care what it is. All he said to do is believe. This is the work that you believe on him. Believe 
that you receive. When you pray, believe. When you pray, not after, not when the circumstances look like something's happening, not when you know you have this much money in the bank, not when you have 47 people working for you in an architectural firm. He's a spirit. We win our victories in the spirit. We're don't, we don't live by what we have down here. We live by what we have up there. We live by the inheritance that is ours, the wealth that is ours, the glory that is ours by virtue of his death, his resurrection, and by virtue of the fact that he's seated at the right hand of God and that we've been made to sit together with him and see things from his perspective. I believe because he said, that's what you do. Whatsoever things, what is included in whatsoever? Truly, see, you've got to stop and not just let this stuff be something that we rattle off so quickly. You have to meditate. This is why I said, I'm, dear God, I'm praying that whatever's on me about this constant seeing the word gets on every one of our people because what it does is supernatural. It, it, it does, see, because God's no respecter of persons. Whatsoever. Well, I desire our church building to come into manifestation because I know, I know, I know, I know, and so do you, how much we could just begin to do. I know what we already could do, much less what I have no idea what God may have us do after we get to that place. But I know already what we could do. I I know already just the value of what we could do for our infants, for our children for the youth, if we each had a facility, you know, a little, a room for each one of those, more than a room, but a place where they meet, where the youth can have their own band and stuff, you know, and to have our own professional studio. I mean, I have all of that in my spirit already, because of course, because of God's call on our life for music music and stuff, and that aspect of what we call the music and the message and the mission. But I mean, I, I see it. See, God's, he is this master, Weaver, He's weaving this incredible tapestry. He takes this color of thread. He takes this one and he does all this incredible stuff. And little by little by little, the image begins to come forth. And you begin to actually see what he's doing. And that's what happens in the life of any church. But at first, all you see is a bunch of thread. But see, you and I have to have faith in what that thread in the hands of the master can become. And I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. I've placed my life in the hands of the master. Did I say I'm some super righteous man? No, but I said I'm smart enough to place my hands in his hands because I know that he does all things well. But I know that we have a church building. And see, I, 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 again, you see that phrase in the Amplified. I, I love the Amplified Bible, as you know. But I love that phrase you see so many places. He said, call upon me on the authority of my word and the right of your inheritance. So I call upon him on the authority of his word. See, he said it. 
he said, I go to this word. Well, again, he said, what things soever you desire. Well, I said, Father, intentionally I came to him as of my own little family altar of consecration. And I said, I fully desire this building that meets the needs of our people, where they can come and meet as often as they want to pray, to counsel, to intercede, to practice, to do whatsoever they want to do. And you said, when I pray, right then, believe. Believe that you receive it as a done thing right now. And I did. And because God's not a liar, because I believe, I have it. And the issue of things being paid for, it's that thing, and remember you've heard me say in, this, in heaven, faith is the currency. On earth you have to have pound sterling in Britain. For exchange to take place between us and heaven, we need something called faith, belief, right? Right? And I'll use the oldest of all illustrations. If you have the currency to buy a brand new vehicle, brand new car, let's say, you go to the dealership, so I go to heaven, I go to the dealership, I make a choice, I pay for my new car, and of course they give me something called the bill of sale. It's like a title deed, right? I do not have the physical vehicle yet, but it is paid for and on order. It is literally in the works. I said it is in the works. I said, it is in the works. I have a brand new car. And I tell people about it. Where's it at? Well, it's, I, it's gonna arrive in a couple of months, something like that, whatever. But I have it. And well, what's your evidence? And I say, well, my evidence is this thing that says paid in full that I took to the dealership. Well, it's the most obvious thing, but see, we've got to get past the illustration to see that God means what he says. Where there's real, legitimate faith, people say, well, how do you know we have a building? Because I have Philippians. I said, I've got, a, I've got the letter to the Philippians. All of my need is met. God's called me as a spiritual pastor and a leader, and bless God, I need a building for my flock to flock in. <laughs> Julie and I need this. And this, honestly, see, I'm not trying to be clever. We've got, this is my bill of sale. You all know what Hebrews 11:1 1 says. Faith is the title deed. Faith is the title deed of the things that we hope for being the evidence of things we do not see. Faith 
Receiving is real what has not yet been revealed to the senses. Hallelujah. We really are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Seriously, see, I feel like after all these years, suddenly the dawn is rising or the light is coming, at least to some people. But bless God, see, I'm after this. I want this church. I can't, I'm not responsible for all the other churches. There's tons of other churches that are doing great works because of the assignment God has given them. Amen, hallelujah. I pray, Julie knows, I pray often for every church in this city that they have great, great breakthrough. I pray all the time for all the pastors of this city. I pray for Catholic churches. I pray for, I pray for Moss. I pray for them all that there'll be a visitation of God, that they'll have more salvation than they know what to do with that you know, the word will be precise, so anointed from heaven, the Holy Ghost will shake and ravel everything. I, I love doing that because there are brothers and sisters. Yes, I know the mosque people aren't yet, but they're, pre, they're in a pre-Christian state. Amen. They are. But I'm called to walk by faith. You and I are called to walk by faith. It was said so in the book of Habakkuk, and, and again, you know, Paul said for the for our, Paul said, you know, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And you know that word sight. It says suke. It, I mean, uh, sozo. It means you know not by anything that you feel. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk walk by what we don't see. We walk by faith. We live by faith. God said it. Abraham, Romans 4, you all know the story. You all know the teaching. Abraham believed God. No proof of it. No proof of it. No proof. But Abraham believed God. He believed. An old man walking out in the desert. And he hears voices. <laughs> Can you imagine people that knew him? You're crazy. He said, no, I... God spoke to me. God changed my name from Abram to Abraham. I am the father of many nations. What? You don't have any kids. Your wife's womb is dead. What? I believe God. He said, I'm the father of many nations. And God looked down from heaven and went, that's my boy. That's my son. I love him. Well, you all know we're the seed of Abraham. We're the heirs of God and the heirs of the promise God made to Abraham. Abraham's blessings are ours See, we've, most of a lot of us who've been in church for a while have heard this for many, many years. But sadly, I don't know how many of us have really borne fruit yet, which means maybe we didn't really believe. Maybe we accepted a message and said, yeah, I see that to be what the Bible says. But sadly, maybe there wasn't enough Holy Ghost diligence or perseverance or even aggressiveness 
to actually say, I mean say and say and say and say and continue and continue and continue in the word until the freedom actually was something you possessed. Because he's not a liar. If you continue, Jesus promised, if you continue, the power is in the continuance. So of course, Satan is an incredible adversary. He does everything again to make you stop or to desert or to, to say the least, to make it least the, one of the very least of your priorities. But God's way has never changed. Man shall live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. God's not a man that he should lie. God's done everything he could do. The only thing he asks of you and me is will you believe? Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Quit trying to go down to Egypt for help. The power and the strength of Egypt will not save you. Come to me, all you that labor and heavy lay. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. Jesus said, just learn of me. Believe me. And watch what I can do. I'm the one, it's my responsibility to do the impossible. All I've asked of you is do what's possible. What's at your hand to do right now? What's in your ability to do right now? And I have given to every single one of you the measure of faith. I expect you to exercise it. I want that muscle to grow. Be in faith. Dare to believe. I said dare to believe. Stay at it. Continue in the word every day. And I'm going to quote that statement again that I forget who said it first. People say, well, I read the Bible, remember, but I don't remember anything I read. And this guy said, well, I don't remember what I had for breakfast two weeks ago, but it still nourished me. When you're in the word, it is nourishing you. I don't care what you feel or don't feel. It does what God sent it to do, and it will not return to him void. It's producing. Every time you open the book, it's producing. Every single time you pray to our God, it produces every time. But we faint in our mind because we walk by sight. You don't, don't walk by sight. God's hearing me. It's charging up. It's building up. Those bowls in heaven of prayers are filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up. All my job is to continue and to believe. But see, hell says nothing's happening. That's one of hell's loudest proclamations. There's nothing happening. I don't see anything. That's because you're walking by sight. You don't see. You're not supposed to see first. You're supposed to believe. Seeing comes after believing. But you're trying to see and believe. That's not the pattern that God gives. Don't follow after the world's pattern. We're supposed to live by faith, live after God's pattern. Well, whatever. I've already made myself happy. And I don't want us to have a namby-pamby faith. And I want to read Isaiah 50 uh, from verse 4 through verse 11. It's a long one, but there's one major statement there. Isaiah 50, verse 4 
through verse 11. This used to be when I first got saved. This is one of the first passages of scripture that God had me begin to pray over my church and over myself. Anyhow, the servant of God says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of a disciple. That's what I said. Father, thank you that you've given me the tongue of a disciple. Like I said, teaching prayer. This is how you learn to pray. You begin to pray what God says. And I used to pray all the time. Father, thank you that you've given me the tongue of the disciple. You've given me the tongue of one who is taught so that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who's weary. I want to, I want to help people. You waken me morning by morning. You waken my ear to hear as a disciple, as one who is taught. And I thank you, Father, that you've opened my ear and I have not been rebellious or turned backwards. Now here he gets prophecy by Jesus. I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to those who plucked off the hair. I, had, I hid not my face from shame and spitting for the Lord God helps me. And then it goes here, therefore, bless God, I will not be ashamed. You know, in Micah, when I read, I read Micah this morning, there's like three places over and over again. For my people shall never be put to shame. Three more verses. For my people shall never be put to shame. Three more verses. For my people shall never be put to shame. I said never. Everybody say never. If you actually believe in him, you will never be put to shame. Never. We sang about it. Do we believe what we say? God will never let me down? I said, God will never let me down? Or do, we, or do we just throw those phrases around? I'm actually in faith. I don't think God's ever gonna let me down. Well, he hasn't. I was pronounced dead twice. You know some of my testimony. You know, I, I'm, I, you know, I was, I was pronounced dead twice. I've been in the midst of violent gun battles. I've been in the midst of stuff. I've got scars in my body from different types of things that happened to me. I'm still here. God saved me. He drew me out of a horrible pit and he set my feet on solid ground. And even though different people may have different testimonies, sadly mine is a blood and guts one, but yours may be very different. But the point is he saved you and me for a reason. Verse 7, for the Lord God helps me. Just say that. For the Lord God helps me, therefore have I not been ashamed or confounded. Now this next phrase about the flint is what I'm doing about our building. Because it's just true, I have. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. See, he's, did you hear what he said? I have. I did this. I did this. God didn't do it, I mean, therefore I have set my face like a flint and you know what I do know? I shall not be put to shame. See, this is what I'm praying that, that will happen. Seriously, I'm actually praying this. I'm not just preaching to you this morning, I'm trying to talk to you as family. Because you have the capacity to set your face like flint, that means, man, I'm talking about rock hard, bless God, I mean the hardest rock there is, right? Bless God, my face is set like flint. We have a building. Hallelujah. Our, the distance between us, our faith that we've received it now and it actually manifested is dependent upon how 
much we're actually in faith. And see, I can't do this alone. Well, you know, I've got to stop there because something when I was in prayer this morning, you know, like I said, this thing about how Julie and I were brought up out of intercession, and of course the whole issue that shocks you so strongly when you study intercession, that God speaks of the one man principle. I sought for one man. And it's everywhere, and you, you read it in other places when you really say, I sought for one man, and really it does, it flat out says one man could have changed the destiny of an entire nation, one man. And he said, I'm calling you to be that one man again. And I thought, well, thanks, because I know what that, I know, the, I know the battle that that incurs. But he said, then he said this though, he, it was like a pause, and he said, I agree. He said, I'm calling you to be that one man again, but he said, I'm going to bring you many other one man. And I really felt, I heard him say, I want this church to be a church of one man's. Now you gotta think that through. Where all of us, do you understand the compact, you know what dynamite is? Something Ed Cole told us all those years ago, there's about six or seven minister sitting at a table and Dr. Cole very simply said, he said, do you guys actually understand what dynamite is? And we said, well, yeah, it's an explosive. He said, yeah, but, and he drew us this little diagram and showed us, I don't know where he got it from, just the dynamite is compacted energies. It's these chemicals that are mixed together in such a way. And he said, don't you understand? You together, you together, Knit together, and what's the scripture say? Be knit together in love. You knit together, become, I forgot the word I'm trying to use. Infant, well, and you become incredibly far more powerful. And we all know where one puts a thousand, two puts 10,000, but see, I'm wanting all of us to set our face like flint. And this is like I said, I'm praying. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, all I know is I'm praying. I'm asking, Father, grant us truly that gift of faith. Where we actually have the spirit of faith. Like Paul said, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We have a church building. Because he paid for it. I said, he paid for it. He know, do you think he doesn't know I can't pay for it in the natural? Do you think he doesn't know this church doesn't have the money right now to put out like five, six, seven million? I think he possibly knows that. But he never asked me to pay for it. He asked us to believe. He's looking for a people that will actually believe him. That's what it was all through the old come. Will somebody just believe me so that I can See, he's, our God is almost, to a degree, he's frustrated. He's got this heaven full of resources, this heaven full of blessings, this storehouses upon storehouses upon storehouses of everything that humanity needs, but no one's actually believing enough that those ministering angels can actually say, here it is. Will somebody believe me, he keeps saying. And I'm saying, why not us? 
why not this wonderful little group, which is actually going to be a huge in faith, bunch of people, why can't it be us? And yes, we are a house of abundance, but we need to wake up to it. Because actually, this is the this truth that I'm sharing is the same truth that will work in any church. But I'm only responsible for this one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God forever. Therefore, have I set my face like flint, and I know I shall not be put to shame. He is near. Hallelujah. Who declares me in the right? Who will contend with me? See, what? think about the attitude. The attitude that's being voiced here. It's the attitude you're supposed to have. Who's going to contend with me? Let him come near. Verse 9, be careful. Behold, the Lord God is going to help me. Don't know who you got on your side, but I got Big Daddy on my side. Hallelujah. I've got the King of Glory. See, I really do. I'm not trying to hype you up. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I'm the guy that God loves. I don't know about you, but I'm the guy, I'm the pupil of his eye. He loves Rod Anderson. He does. He loves me. And I'm not saying that to be clever. I don't care who else has said it. It's just I finally woke up. I'm loved by by God. Oh, my, the creator actually loves me. He delights in me. He laughs with me, smiles at me cracks up when I make mistakes because he looks way beyond my mistakes. He says, get up, you silly duck. I saw what you did. Let's get up and go because, you're, you know, nothing's changed. You're still my man. You're my baby. You're my child. You're my son. I read this morning, again, I think of, in, uh, I don't know which of the minor prophets it was, but it's, that, it's, that, it's a prophet that says, you know, let the weak say they're strong. But in the Amplified, it says, let the weak say I'm a warrior. And boy, I just went. I did. I'm a warrior. Just put that in your mouth and see how it feels. Say it. Come on, say it. I am blessed God, a warrior. I said, I'm a warrior. I am no pussyfooting around, namby-pamby, mediocre jive churchgoer. I am a warrior. Hallelujah. The lion of the tribe of Judah is on the inside of me. So who who are you that's going to contend with me? You devil? Now see, my God has unveiled his lies. My God has stripped him of all of his authority. He dealt him a paralyzing blow. That's what the word of God says. I said he's paralyzed. All he can do is shout and scream and say what he's going to do, but he can't do it. He's been undone. Jesus Christ came. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost power who came to undo, loosen, destroy, and dissolve the works that the devil has done. And he did it. He was successful. Everything's been undone that the devil had. So thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. I said thanks. You see, you've got to do this at home. You've got to see it. You've got to have it. You, you have to possess this when you're at home. You think, 
you find yourself, can you just stop and all, when hell, you know, hell makes noise all the time. That's his job. That's Goliath, day after day after day, saying the same thing. I'm the biggest. I'm the baddest. I'm the strongest. Here comes a little bitty old redheaded dude with a couple of rocks, says, who are you, you punk? You don't know who I know. You're not part of this. Well, I serve the living God, so shut your mouth. In fact, I'm going to shut it for you. In fact, I'm going to take your head off, sucker. You done messed around. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I've got to tell you something. I am the baddest dude in the valley. I am the baddest dude in the valley. So get the hints. Really? Who are you to try to contend with me? Behold, the Lord God Almighty is my helper. He is my brother and he is, Jesus is my brother and God is my father. And I tell you, we have a mighty, I got a mighty army behind me. 10 foot, 15 foot angels. Oh my God, they're big, they're huge, they're mighty. They'll freak out any worldly army. Oh, I tell you, when you read about Jerusalem, you read about Israel and how all the nations are going to gather around Rosh and all these nations that are going to come and gather their almighty forces round about to the point it's absolutely the whole world will say, my God, look at that little nation. Israel is going to be crushed to powder. And God's up here going. <laughs> See the thing, and it's funny because God, I don't know if it's just kind of his sense of humor. He waits until all of the enemy musters all its strength until he paints a picture that looks so dark and bloody ugly, man, that you think, my God, the world says everything's going to explode and be done and dusted. It's over. It's over. But God then says, you forgot a little detail. I'm God. And they're my people, and you're messing with the wrong people. I have in my treasury up here, I have warehouse after warehouse the size of the Pacific Ocean full of fire and hailstones. And I'm gonna cause the starry heavens themselves to obey my word. And they're going to come with hailstones and fire and stones from the heaven and wipe every single one of you out to the point there's going to be blood to the height of a horse's neck. That's going to happen. Armageddon. That's actually going to happen. Have you actually thought about it? Blood up to the neck of a horse. That deep. It's going to take them seven months to bury all the dead. All of those who would dare come against God's people. It's going to take seven months of burying the dead. Seven months. With armies upon armies only commissioned to bury the dead. 24 hours a day, they're going to be burying the dead. That's how many physical people are going to die because they come against God's people. But you've got to see the picture. You and I are God's people. Do you understand who's for you? I'm, I'm asking for faith to come alive. 
the song, you need to know who you are. You need to know who you belong to. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. You're the apple of his eye. He's never going to fail you. So set your face like flint. Have an attitude. Have an attitude that comes straight from the throne of God. I know in whom I have believed. I said, I know in whom I have believed. I know. Now I'm saying all this about this church building because it is a major aspect. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I don't care. I'm just trying to say this to you this morning. It's paid for. It's not my job to pay for it or even to worry about it. It's not my job to negotiate with Egypt. I've been told to believe him. I have been told, I have been told to believe him. You are being called to believe him. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe right then that you receive them and you shall have them. He's not a liar. He didn't say figure out how to pay for it. He didn't say figure out how it's going to happen. He didn't say to set your own time frame. I guarantee you whatever the time frame is, it is lessened the more of us who have the same spirit of faith. Do you hear me? Like it says in scripture, again, some scriptures I read this morning, he said, I could do this in one day. <laughs> you understand? God says, I can do this in one day. But like Luke 18 says, when Jesus comes, will he find persistence and faith on the earth? And see, this is, not, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I got to hurry, man. I, like I said, the preach is on me. I know, but I can't help it. Don't stab myself in my eye here with my own glasses. Oh my God, it's okay. I got two hours left. We're to do it. Well, let me just finish. Let me finish reading some of this in Isaiah 50. Verse 9 says, Behold, well, again, verse 8 says, He is near who declares me in the right. See, I'm the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus because of my faith. Who will contend with me? Let us stand forth together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God's going to help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Behold, all of my enemies are going to wax old and be worn out like a garment. He says they're going to be so insignificant that a moth will eat them up. But who is among you? I heard Julie quote this this morning. I was laughing to myself because I knew I was going to read this. I've always loved this next verse. Who is... Now listen, listen, listen to this. You need to hear this in the Amplified. Verse 10. Who is among you who reverently fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of his servant, yet, listen, yet who walks in darkness. Now see, he says, you, you're a Christian. You quote unquote, fear the Lord. You're doing your best to obey the Lord. Yet you're still walking in darkness and deep trouble. And you've got no, I love this is the phrase. You don't have shining splendor in your heart. This is what he looks for. This is what Deuteronomy 28 means when it says the curse came because people did not serve him, did not rejoice in him and serve him with gladness of heart for all that he did. See, like some of our worship this morning, we were, quote unquote, doing what the Bible said, being high spirits. We were in high spirits when Antonia began to sing and boogie and do her thing and whatever like that. 
high spirits. We rejoice in being high spirits. And I knew that even in the middle of that, some of the people were going, hey. But again, you got to remember, David said, it's before the Lord, and I will be yet more undignified than this. And remember the people who criticized Micah, Michael, who criticized was barren from the rest of her life. Don't criticize people who find freedom. We don't always do that. Sometimes it's all worshipful. Sometimes we got a bunch of praise. That's okay. But like I said, we trust God. Like I said, yes, sometimes we may make a mess of it. But like I said, God's, my God's not intimidated by a mess. Ain't no big deal. He'll clean it up. But we need, do you see shining splendor in your heart when you look in the mirror? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I see Rod Anderson. And that's really bummer. That's a bummer. I see me in my, my flesh nature. I see me sometimes. But if I concentrate, if I think, and if I listen to my heart, I begin to see who God sees. You're the guy God loves. You're that dude that's the apple of his eye, aren't you? And you know what? You talk to yourself. Sometimes you need intelligent conversation. Hallelujah. I'm the guy God loves. Hallelujah. I can't spend all my time talking to John Vinsel. I need to talk to somebody God loves. And you have no shining splendor in your... Look what God goes on to say, verse 11. Behold, all you enemies of your own self, enemies of your own self, who attempt to kindle your own fires and work out your own plans of salvation, See, why don't we do it God's way? Walk by faith. That's God's way. I didn't write it. He did. It's not Kenneth Hagin didn't start it out. Behold all you enemies of your own self who attempt to kindle your own fire and work out your own plan of salvation, who surround and you gird yourself with momentary sparks, something to make you feel good for right now. Just for right now. But it's, it's going to get me through the day. Does that sound familiar? Anybody ever surrounded themselves with the momentary sparks? I'm going to do something just to make them feel good and whatever. Just, you know, live out of the flesh. He said, you surround yourself with momentary sparks, darts, and firebrands that you set aflame. And then, it's so trippy. Walk, and hear God say, can you picture God just saying, he, he's saying it from love though. Walk by the light of your self-made fire and of the sparks that you've kindled for yourself, if you will. But guys, this shall you have for my hand. You're just going to lie down in grief and in torment. Is that heavy or what? If you keep trying to do things the world's way, you will have grief and you'll have problems. When are we going to believe God? Not always strive to do it the world's way. Actually inject faith. And just say, Father, like they said, help thou mine unbelief. Forgive my unbelief. I still, to me, one of those remarkable things in Scripture about Jesus not being able to do any mighty works in his own hometown. Think about that. You've got... All things that were made were made by him and through him. Without him was nothing made that was made, right? Here he is, the creator in the form of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God in the flesh, 
is here all the power to heal, all the power to deliver, all authority in all of the universes. But what people around him had in their hearts wound up determining how much he could release of all that power. Did you actually hear that? This is what I'm trying to say. God deliver any of us here from our unbelief. But recognize, be honest and say, Father, I've not been in faith. That's all I'm asking you to do. Father, increase my faith. And he'll say, okay, increase your time in the word. Increase your time on your knees. And watch what I do. I'm ready. God says, I'm ready. God says, I'm willing. God says, I'm able. But I need you to cooperate with my pattern. When you pray, believe. Don't try to figure it out. All I've said is, believe. I imputed righteousness, right standing with me to Abraham because he simply said, I believe. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to be the father of many nations. And that brings up another part. I don't know, I won't be able to speak to him, but think about, I think it was, I was going to look it up again to be sure. It's, what is it? I think before Isaac was born, remember 16 years? Or 18 years? You know, I believe God. 16 years, no baby. I believe God. I'm Abraham. I'm the father of many nations. Every day I say, I'm Rod Anderson, the one whose debt is entirely paid off. I'm a debt-free man. That's who I am. I'm a debt-free man. I owe nobody anything but to love them. I'm a healed man. I'm a blessed man. I've got a blessed marriage. I've got a gorgeous wife. I've got two ugly dogs, but I love them too. <laughs> oh, the world's way is not to be our way. In Isaiah verse 30, verses 1 through 3. Let me kind of try to hurry now. Isaiah 30, verses 1 through 3. The world's way is not to be our way. Isaiah prophesied and said, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel and carry out a plan, but not mine, and who make a league and pour out a drink offering, but not of my spirit, thus adding sin to sin, who set out to go down into Egypt, but they've not asked me. They flee to the stronghold of Pharaoh and to strengthen themselves in his strength, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength and the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame, and the refuge in the shadow of Egypt will be to your humiliation and your confusion. In other words, don't, the world, remember Egypt represents the world's way. And he said, you'll wind up having confusion. See, God's way is a better way. And like I said, Luke 18, 8, I've got other things, but let me say this right here too. But when I said about Abraham, I, I'm going to call it 16 years. I don't remember for sure. So if you're pedantic and if you have a religious devil, you can attack me later. I don't know how many years it was, but it was several years before Isaac was born. But you know what? See, Abraham could have thought nothing's happening. Now you really got to hear this. This is something that God really spoke to me about just on Thursday. 
He said, you really don't, you really don't, Rod, you really don't, I said like three times, you really don't know that I'm always working. He said, you sometimes say it, but your actions disprove what you say. I'm always working. The moment you say amen, he said, there's teams and teams of angelic beings working all around the world. He said, I'm working. You prayed in my son's name. I used to say this when I taught prayer. Every single time I pray in the name of Jesus, something shifts in the heavenlies. And you have to have the same attitude every time. But see, if you're honest, how quickly do we sometimes default to a place where, well, nothing's changing. Nothing is changing. Why? Because you're beginning to walk by sight. Let's just be simple. But see, you have to have the attitude. I don't care if I see anything or not. God's working right now. See, today, right this moment, even on a Sunday, God is orchestrating paperwork. God's orchestrating and speaking and moving the spirits of people towards alignment for CCF to have its own building. He's doing that right now. I said he's doing that right now. Right now, mostly because of my faith. I'm not saying that to pat myself in the back. I'm just saying because I believe it. And I know I trust my father. I know he's moving. But see, I'm trying to get you to have it because things are going to work a lot quicker when, we're all, when we all say, I got it. But see, I know, I'm not a dummy. I've been around the block, like to say, it's not my first rodeo. I know what it means to be able to say, okay, I have it, but not really have it. There are no shortcuts. This is why you have to get in the Word yourself. I need you to see. I need you to go in the book yourself and see that it's always God's will to bring His people into a peaceable habitation. I need you to see it because you might believe Rod, but you need to believe God. You really do, and I'm not trying to be clever. Please, please hear me, my friends. This could be one of the most important messages you ever hear in your life. Because I'm, I, I, I can sense, even right now, in the, in the name of the Lord, I can sense that there is a spirit of faith hovering, waiting for people who might pull it down. I actually see that in my spirit right this moment. There's a spirit of faith right here in the atmosphere. Who will take hold and pull it into me? Who will take hold of the spirit and pull it into their spirit? They will believe. My future is bright. See, I, I want, if you do this for the church, do you understand how much more is going to be released in your own personal life and need and career or whatever? What happens when your faith becomes actually dynamic before God and he sees this woman believes me. I will turn heaven and earth upside down to get this to her because I'm so willing it would blow your ever-living mind if you knew how willing I am to show myself. I'm just, we're so full up here with blessings, I gotta get some of them out of here to make room. 
please somebody believe me so that I can pour these blessings out upon you because it's only going to build and help and promote my kingdom when they see, look what God has done. Look what God has done for this little woman. Look what God has done for this old man. Look what God has done for this young student. Look what God has done for this family. Look what God has done. And he wants that to be every single one of us, our testimony. See, and some of you have a hard time believing that. You think it's just time. Well, that's for somebody else. No. See, you've got to get past that. That's for you. That's for you. He died for you. You've heard it before. If you were the only flipping sinner on the planet Earth, Jesus Christ would have still died for you. For you. He loves you that much. It's a love beyond the scope of human comprehension. I love you. It's a white hot love, the Bible says. It's a white hot molten lava love that never stops pouring and rolling like a river. Hallelujah. That's what he loves me with and that's what he loves you with. Hallelujah. That's why we're supposed to go, thank you, God, I'm going to praise you. I've got it now. I mean, you know, listen, if you do right now, walk outside and there's a brand new Porsche sitting out there with a big bow ribbon on it. It's got Denise Powell's name on it. Denise will probably flipping be happy a little bit. I mean, she'll probably go, or, or will she go, eh, oh, that's cool. I wanted, oh, darn, I wanted a blue one. You know what I mean? Seriously. But do you understand the joy that you and I are supposed to have? What, that's supposed to be significant proof that we actually believe. We're to, be, we're to be filled with joy in believing. We're to be bubbling over with hope. Some of you don't look like it's hope bubbling out of you. Right? And I'm just saying notify your brain. Notify your spirit. Tell yourself, whoa, wake up, dude. Remember who's helping you. Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is your father. You are members of his household. He's never going to forsake or let you go. You're his and he's ours. Oh, I'm telling you, man, I would right now, seriously, we're in trouble because I could go till five o'clock right now let me oh man alive let me just go through a couple of so God's always at work I want you to catch that and you know when it says will he find persistence and faith oh yeah let me share this illustration when the son of God comes will he find persistence and faith I watched uh, something on God TV a couple of nights ago I forget the guy's name he's this incredible minister that has all these signs and wonders he goes into Pakistan and Iran and all these places and really dangerous places and has all these miracles. He's just fearless. But he's got two sons. I think it's two sons and a daughter. One of them is 16, one of them is 14. They had a few days off and he said, so we went to Rome. He said, I just want to take my family. We went to Rome. My wife, he said, my two sons and I. 
And he said, we stepped out of this one tour bus into, this, into, the, into the piazza there, the big piazza. And he said, my son, they've been trained in my ways. He said, my son saw this other kid who looked about the same age in a wheelchair. And he said, look, look, look. He said, there's a boy in a wheelchair over there. He's mine. I'm going to get him. And the other, the other son said, no, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. He said, no, I'm going to. And he outran his other brother, runs over there to the guy. And he said, uh, uh, you, how long have you been in the wheelchair? And he was 16 years, same age. And he said, uh, whatever, how many? He said, all, like all of his life or something like that. It was at least 15 years, that much I remember. And then he said, can I pray for you? He said, my God heals the sick. Can I pray for you? This is in the middle of the room. This 16-year-old kid. And he goes, sure, okay. And so, he, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command strength back into this body. I command strength and power. I bind the devil who's put sickness and disease on this young man. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be healed. And he said, now, did you feel anything? Anything happened? The guy goes, no. He said, he said on the count, you know, he did that thing. He said, from like zero to 10, do you feel anything? He said, no, no. He said, well, can I pray again? He said, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command healing on this brother. I command blessing on this brother. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke sickness and disease. I command healing to flow into this body right now. Amen. Do you feel anything? Guy goes, no, I don't feel anything. Now, what would you have done right there? The boy says, can I pray again? He does this, I think it's 15 times. And now crowds gathered around. He just doesn't stop. He just doesn't stop. Now, this is something you got to catch. You remember even Jesus prayed for a blind man once, and he said, do you see? And he said, well, I, I see men kind of like trees walking. Jesus prayed a second time. See, you and I get intimidated. We stop. We think it has to happen the first time. No. The devil's done his work for a long time. You and I need to be persistent. All I know is this guy said he prayed like in the 15th time. He said, do you, do, you, do you feel anything? He goes, well, you know, he said, I feel a little funny tingling in my feet. He said, you do? Let's pray again. And he prays again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command healing. Into the... Now, his dad said, he's telling the story. He said about 45 minutes to an hour has gone by. And his kid just won't stop praying. Now, can you picture that? 45 minutes an hour. Now, you would have been long gone and bought a coffee. Do I, am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find what real faith looks like? And he prayed again. And he said, you know what? I feel, I feel a little bit more tingling. I, I feel something. Can I pray again? This kid prays until finally like an hour and 15 minutes goes by. And the kid, he says, do you think you can stand up? And the, oh, the kid said first, that's right. He said, I, th I, think, I think I can stand up. And the guy gets, starts to step and they give him a hand and he steps up and he starts to stand on his legs and his mother who her father there, they begin to freak out because the guy, like I said, his kid, 16 year old kid, been in it most of his life and they're freaking out going, ah, 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 and like this. And the kid goes, this is incredible. This is incredible. And he says, yeah. He said, let me, I'm going to pray some more. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command total healing in this body. I command total strength. And he just did it again. And the guy goes, man, I'm feeling... This is the man. And pretty soon he's walking back and forth. Nobody's holding on to him. He's walking back. He starts to jump up and down a little bit. And the guy's like healed an hour and a half later. And then the, and he said they started to go away. And the mom and dad says, well, son, let's go back. He said they, they were blown. I said, that's crazy. Let's go back to the hotel. Let's go back to the hotel. We need to call the family. And his kid says, no, I don't think so. I'm going to hang out with these guys. That's what he said. 
He said, no, I'm going to hang out with these guys and for the afternoon. I'll, I'll see you later. And he walks off. After being in a wheelchair 15, 16 years, he walks off with a guy, these two 16 to 16 and 14, okay. Isn't that great? But see, but do you hear the message? Do you hear the message? Don't stop. We stop because we don't see anything. Or we don't, we stop. When the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in the faith? God's not a liar. But will you stick with it? Don't faint if we don't have a church building by next Sunday. Pray again. Pray again. Holy Spirit, please teach this. Please, you do this now. You do this. You do this. Hear them. Let them hear this. Pray again. Ask. Keep on asking. Seek. Keep on seeking. Oh, knock and keep on knocking. Pray again. We pray till it happens. We pray till it happens. If I bless God, no, it's God's will. We pray till it comes. It's God's will for us to have our own house. It is God's will for us to have our own house. Oh, it's God's will for us to have our own house. I'm sorry, I know I'm taking too long. I don't really care. You can leave if you want to. But Isaiah, I want to read. David, our worship team, homely like this about it. You know, this part that you will turn to Isaiah, Isaiah 54, the first five verses. Do I, Isaiah 54 real quick familiar verses, but I want you to catch this. Why we have part of our major assignment about the music. A sound is coming from heaven that's fresh and new. Isaiah 54 verses 1 through 4. Sing O barren one. If you don't want to be barren no more, Start singing. Well, I don't feel like singing. Then stay barren. Sing. See, God wants us to be so expectant that we sing about it. So pregnant, so pregnant that you sing about it. Sing, O barren one, who you who did not bear, break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who did not travail, where child, for the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. There's much. God's assignment, there's much about this assignment that's on my wife and I. 
It needs the tent to be enlarged. Enlarge, I cry this in the spirit, right this moment in prayer, Father, enlarge the place of our tent. Let the curtains of our habitation be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for we will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and our offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. You'll not be confounded. You'll not be depressed, for you shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called and he is your father. He is your father. We need, I said, Father, <laughs> oh, we need to really strengthen our stakes in the ground. Exodus 15, 13, let me go quick. You and your mercy and loving kindness have led forth the people whom you've redeemed. You've guided them in your strength to their holy habitation. Psalm 107, 31 to 38, oh, that men would praise, sing to the Lord for his goodness. We're to talk about his goodness and his loving kindness and his wonderful works. Let them exalt them also in the congregation of the people. Praise him in the company of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness, water springs and thirsty ground. But with us, he's going to turn a fruitful land. Oh, I'm sorry, I, got, I, didn't read, I read too quick. A fruitful land into barren salt. But verse 35, he turned, this is who I serve. He turns a wilderness into a pool of water. Beautiful swimming pool. And a dry ground into water springs. He makes, my God makes the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation. He sows fields, plants vineyards, which yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also so that they're multiplied greatly. He allows not their cattle to decrease. We, God, oh, that we would praise you for your goodness. I'm saying it, I mean it. Father, help every one of us in this family praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Let every one of us understand what happens. It causes a swimming pool to manifest itself in the middle of the desert. I mean, flat out in the middle of the desert, there's a beautiful pool. Just like you did with Moses when you said, speak, do you need water? Talk to a rock. Because I'm with you and I'm in your mouth. Talk to a rock. Father, I thank you. My people here are going to learn to talk to the rock in their life, hallelujah. And my finally, I, I, finally, that's a joke. Isaiah 9, verses six and seven, you may wonder why I'm using these verses. Isaiah 9, six, seven, for to us a child is born, hallelujah. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. But this is the part I really want, to, want you to catch this because the Holy Spirit really dealt with me for the last 10 days about increase of the increase of His government. 
and of peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with just and right from the latter time forth forever. The zeal. Now who's going to do it? The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Not Egypt. Not man. The zeal of the Lord is going to do this. Not the zeal of Rod. But the thing is, what he said is of the increase. And this is what I want you to catch. This is what the Holy Spirit kept saying to me. He said, I've told you in Scripture to be established in the present truth. There's many truths. But he said, that's, but then he said, I want you to hear what I'm saying now. I always, I am always, I am always increasing. Increasing what I'm doing in my people. It's always increasing. I never back up. You've got to hear the spirit behind this. He's always increasing. Everything about you is to increase, not diminish. That's a, that's a lie of the devil. Everything's going to increase. The grace and the gifting on Io is going to increase. The gifting of my wife is going to increase. The prophetic anointing on Tommy and Deji is going to increase. The wisdom in the mind of Christ is going to increase in you. Will you let it? David's gifting is going to increase. God has no plan for decrease. It's increasing. The anointings will increase. The power to be released to manifest His kingdom of love and healing is only going to increase. But will you release faith for that? Will you say, I believe that? I don't believe in decrease. I don't believe in failure. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because of who I believe. Now these probably don't fit as well now, but I'm basically done. I actually could go 14 hours like I said. But Let's put up those two quotes. I've got two quotes. You want to say something? Go ahead. I know. You want to have the last word. I know. It's so good. You do it. Now let me read these first, then you do it. I just wanted you to read this because this is why I said I want all of us to catch the spirit. Teamwork. Andrew Carnegie, you know, one of the wealthiest men that ever is. Teamwork is the ability to work together toward a common vision. The ability to direct individual accomplishments toward organizational objectives. It is the fuel that allows common people to attain uncommon results. And I'm just saying that's why together as a team, if we can get on the same page and have the same faith, we have our church now. There's many other objects, many other goals, but right now I'm just talking about the church building. And finally, I had this quote. I don't know who said this, but I really like it. Put on the next one. Put the next one up, John. Talent wins games. Think about this, how simple. But teamwork and intelligence is what wins a championship. Right, Arsenal? Right, Tottenham? But think about it. Do you hear what it's being? Do you hear what's said? See, great talent can win a game because some guy has a super day. He's in the zone. But the long-range championship comes because of teamwork. 
Will we work together as a team? Will you take responsibility for your home church too? That's what I'm asking of you. Will you be able to say, this is my church? This is where God has placed me to worship Him. There are many other churches, many fine churches, many churches that have much more than this church has. But this is where the Lord wants me to release my faith. If you can say that, then say that. And get on the team. Because we've got a championship to win. That championship is the assignment God's given us, not them, the one we have, the music and the message and the mission. And like I said before, why not us? Don't look at our natural resources or the lack of natural resources. Look to God, who is the author and the finisher. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 